All right. Well, as many of you would know, we are in Acts 2 right now, and uh, we're going to continue. And this morning we have kind of a cool thing happening. It's going to be me and Josh and Travis preaching out of six verses at the end of Acts 2. Uh, and so it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we kind of took little things that were just God has really given us faith for, God has really moved in our lives uh, in, and, uh, and, and we just said, let's, let's go for it. So each of us just sort of a few minutes, we're, we're dividing this up, um, but we're focusing in Acts 2, 42 through 47. And part of the reason that I'm launching off is because I actually was kind of raised in and out of church. I had a, a mom who was a, a, a very committed, convicted Christian. Dad, not so much. So mom would drag us to church and dad would drag us to do other things on a Sunday. And so I was in and out and I didn't honestly have a very good experience of church. And in, in some ways, I had a bit of an angel and a devil on my shoulder with, with church. And I have, my dad's wonderful. I have a great relationship with him. Um, but that was kind of his disposition uh, toward church. And uh, he's since actually come to some greater measure of faith. So it's been so cool to watch. But it left me kind of spinning and honestly didn't have a faith of my own. When I was 21, I uh, gave my uh, life to, to Jesus, not in a church, not even really with anybody, he came to me in a very sort of profound and radical way, and I knew that I knew that he was the Son of God. Any of the things that I have heard, you know, as a kid, the, the felt board drawings of Jonah and the whale or Noah and the ark, like all that stuff I just realized was true, and I put my faith in Jesus Christ. But like I said, it wasn't in a church, and I had no interest in church. It was me and Jesus and the Bible, and what do I need church for? And so I just started praying and I started worshiping him alone. Um, I was in my senior year in college, uh, my second semester. This is not a convenient time to become very spiritual. I can just tell you that right now. There's a lot of partying going on, but God had gripped me. And so I just was reading the Bible and I was praying and I was worshiping and I was connecting with God and I would tell anyone who would listen and nobody cared, but that was, that was it. That was me. And then I started to sort of get nagged by the Spirit of God and I was reading the Bible and I realized I probably need to get around some other Christians. And where do Christians hang out? The church. I'm going to have to go to church. And because I had been reading the Bible so much, I said, well, I just, now that I know what church is supposed to look like, I'll just look for this. Right? It's that simple. I didn't have any fancy seminary degree. I just looked at the Bible and said, okay, I think I understand what it's supposed to look like. I'll go and find one like that. And, and probably the first template that you come across is this Acts 2.42 to 47. So let me read it now. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. Okay, good. I'll look for a church with those things. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miracles, signs, and wonders. Okay, I'll look for a place where that's happening. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. Not sure what that looks like, but I'll look for that too. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, and while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. No problem. I'll just go find a place that's doing all that stuff. 
But for me, and this is what I want to talk about today, it was that verse 43 that was most compelling. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Whoa! What does that look like? So I popped into a lot of different churches, and a lot of different churches that were doing everything else in that passage. But somehow, amazingly, I wasn't seeing signs, wonders, and miracles. And it's fine. I said, no problem. This just isn't the church for me. And I would say this to some people and they'd be like, yeah, that, I mean, that, that doesn't really happen in church. And I'd be like, why? It's right here. And it's not just right here either. I mean, the gifts, the spiritual gifts are talked about in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, you can't easily convince me because if I'm to take this at a simple reading, it's got to happen in church. So I kept looking and somebody said, oh, you're looking for a charismatic church. And I went, well, what's that? Maybe I'll go there. And thus began a long journey of some of the weirdest moments I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I saw some of the silliest things that I could possibly describe, but it didn't bother me because they were trying. They were trying and people would act crazy and they would do crazy things and I would look at it and I would say, I don't know what they're doing. I don't think that's what we're talking about, but I'm just gonna keep trying. I believe that not only are these things in the letters, but they were in the life of Jesus. I mean, Jesus was the best preacher, the most compassionate, the most loving. He was the son of God for heaven's sake. And if he needed miracles and signs and wonders, well, surely so must we to demonstrate the power and love of God. So I just would not give up. And I saw people spitting at people and I saw people dropping to the floor and tackling people and screaming and barking and laughing and all of these things. And none of it actually particularly seemed like this. But in the midst of all of that, a group of people in different churches I was a part of were trying to see the power of God come in signs and wonders and miracles. And it did. I seen this. Some of you probably have as well, but I was totally unwilling to compromise on this issue. And so I wandered through this great journey of church, hanging on to these promises. And it's interesting, you know, one of the things that I think has happened is that people have backed off of this because it doesn't happen every time you pray, expect, hope, believe that God will do a miracle. Somebody will be raised from the dead. Somebody will be healed or cured or there would be uh, just uh, the evidence of supernatural power in our It doesn't happen. And so it's like, well, that probably means it's not supposed to. And in fact, then in my little journey, I encountered the cessationists. And I said, oh, what's that? I don't have a fancy degree. I don't know what that is. That means we don't do that anymore. That was just for then the gifts have ceased. Maybe you believe that. That's fine. You're entitled. But I scratched my head for a moment and I just said, okay, but wait a second. Everything else I see in the life of Jesus and in all the epistles and in Acts, that stuff still remains. But just this little sliver of stuff, that's not happening anymore. Like we want to have the fruits of the Spirit, we want to have the love and compassion of Jesus, and we want to have preaching and proclaiming and making of disciples, and you name it, the list is long. All of that stuff is still here, but just we just cut out the supernatural stuff, the miracles, the signs and wonders. And I went, I got it, you're entitled, but I, I can't, I can't buy it, especially because 
I started seeing these things. Yeah. One of the beautiful things in the book of James, five, in book of James, it says in chapter five, if any among you is sick, go to the elders and let them anoint you and pray for you that you may be healed. Now, in Acts 2, it says it was the apostles that were doing this stuff, but now it's shifted to elders in the book of James. And then in Romans and in Corinthians, it's not talking about anybody of any special title or position. And it says, actually, to this one, he gives a gift of mercy. To give this one, he gives a gift of healing or miracles or supernatural wisdom and understanding. This is what it talks about. And I believe that if he didn't cancel hospitality and ministration, he didn't cancel miracles and prophecy and words of wisdom and knowledge and understanding or healing. It just, I just have a simple understanding of the thing. And I remember when we were in an alpha course, which is actually designed to sort of uh, walk people who are exploring faith through Christianity. I have seen God move in powerful ways here. There was a woman named Margo and she brought her autistic son who was severely autistic, had a special tutor just because he needed uh, help with just about everything. And she went away on the Alpha retreat and she'd been learning about God and she just began to trust him. And, and we prayed for her son and he was extraordinarily changed to the point where she brought him back from a Saturday, Sunday retreat to a Monday tutoring session. And the tutor said, what has happened to this boy? He's changed completely. I've never seen anything like this. And she just had the opportunity to testify for the goodness of God. We had uh, another family in my last church that took James 5 seriously and their daughter had leukemia that she had actually had gone into remission, which was so good. She was 12 years old. You can imagine the brokenness of this family. And then it came back with a vengeance. And the doctor said, we can't, we can't treat. It's actually just going to be too painful and too difficult for her. There's nothing we can do. It's too far advanced and it's too aggressive. So they brought the daughter to the church. And a group of elders, one of whom was newly minted from a Baptist background, barely even believed in this stuff, but he goes, no, no, I'm gonna stand on the word of God. And he nervously sort of prayed, anointing this girl with oil, and she was completely healed of this leukemia. The doctors were totally stunned. They could not believe it. So you can tell me this stuff doesn't happen anymore, but when I see it with my own two eyes, and that is just the beginning of the stories that I have, and probably many of you also have. I think a lot of us are worried that sometimes the unbeliever, the person who is not yet a Christian, will be too freaked out by this thing. I can tell you they are freaked out by weirdness, but they're not freaked out by love that's expressed and a desire to pray for whatever your need is. I've had people that are so opposed to the gospel, they don't believe in God, and they don't know why we're all freaked out about it, but then I would say, but can I pray for your mom who's dying? And they say, oh, please, would you? <laughs> Somehow, something that is desperate and beyond their ability to do anything about, they, they are willing. Or it's, you know, it's just going to sound weird that we tell people that miracles happen in our midst, and, I, and I'm like, Why? I've encountered non-believers who say, look, I don't believe in any of this stuff, but if it's true, there better be miracles happening. You're saying God is alive and among you? Well, yeah. And I'll sit back and watch with my arms folded, but it doesn't freak me out. I'm actually hoping that there's some dimension of this life that is beyond what I see. There must be more than this. And oh, by the way, I've heard stories of this, but is it really true? Let me show you. 
Are we willing to step out in faith and say, let me show you? And the last thing I'll say before I welcome Josh up is that I find that God moves unexpectedly in all kinds of different uh, circumstances and areas and arenas and may maybe here with, with Sue and Catherine and Young and, and others. It, it, I, I just, I expect that it will be happening. But I've also found that he happens, it happens uniquely when we're on mission, when we're risking, when we're stepping out in faith, we're taking chances we wouldn't otherwise take and we need him to come through. This person's gonna think I'm stupid or crazy or they don't believe any of this, but if they were healed, they may just change their mind. When we step out and we risk, that seems to be when he blesses those prayers. Not always. He will do it ongoingly because he loves us. But there is unique opportunity that seems to exist. He has equipped us for mission. And I believe that includes signs and wonders and miracles. Let's, as a church, be trusting for that. Amen? Good, good. So I'm preaching on two words. Praising God. And you'd be like, clearly, that's your area, Josh. That's your area. Um, but this is a special area in all of our lives. Hey, y'all back there. How you doing? Good to see y'all. The definition of worship is clear. It's very clear. It's so clear that it's in the Webster. Definition of worship is the highest adoration and or respect for something or someone, right? So I oftentimes, you know, wonder why the Father tells us don't worship no other gods. He says don't worship no other gods. He says don't worship nobody else but me. I oftentimes wonder why why would he simply say that? Because it's simple to do. It's like a simple thing to do. Um, because, and I found myself guilty of this, when I listen to like an Israel Halton song. And my mama good at this too. When we worship the artist, more than we worship the father. Okay, hear, hear, hear me out. Because it's not mystical. It's not like in the air. No, it's respect. It's adoration. So my mama, she would say, when I came here, she was like, okay, Jay, you're going to a church with no building. What you doing, doc? I said, ma, listen, the Lord is doing this, the Lord going, look, we going, we going. She said, what kind of songs they do? I said, I said ma, you, you, you know, Matt Redman, Chris Tomlin. And she said, who? I said, ma, you know. Matt Redman, Chris Tomlin, you know, 10,000 reasons. She like, I don't know none of that. They doing any Fred Hammond? I said, no, Ma. She said, then how they entering in? <laughs> so, so, and I'm laughing about this, but I had to be completely upfront with my mother and say, respect is, our worship is our respect to the Father, Ma. Our praise is our, our knowledge of just knowing what he's done and, Seeing the trees and how they just changing in every season. Like, like we just acknowledging him in the ways that we know how to do. And it's just amazing when you think about it. Because it's easy to do. That song takes me in. And you just follow. You just be like, okay. 
something, I resonate with something said in that song, so I, I, I express myself vocally, maybe singing. For me, it's, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Like, that's my expression, right? Yeah. Right? That's my expression. What is yours? Oh, you know what I mean? Like, like, what's your expression to the Father? And I encourage you to find that. And now, now am I talking about individualism? Like, am I talking about, well, worship for you is different than worship for me? Like, I'm not saying that, but I am saying you have something special between you and your Father. You got something. There's something there. You got something special between you and your God that's been there from the beginning of your life. Maybe it's writing. Maybe you write your thoughts better than you say them. Maybe you paint your thoughts better than you, you say them. Maybe you, you know, maybe you, it's a thing. What, what, do you, what, what kind of thing you got? And what does this look like right now, like during COVID when we outside? What does it look like? Right? It looks authentic. How we do it outside, authentically? How do we do this? How do we worship and praise God outside? Honestly, we ain't faking. We ain't got no big drums up here. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we gonna work with what we got. Cause what we have is enough. What we have is enough, right? Cause it's our best to the Father. So that's all he's wanting. He's just like, come here, Jay. Bring me your voice, man. He may say, Eric, come here. Bring whatever you got, man. Whatever, whatever special thing you always had. And when we're together, whew, we bring in all of that. Each one of us during a song or yeah. just a word. Like, yeah. it's those moments that are special. So, we sing with all we got. That's how we do it. When we're together, we sing with all we got. You know, we sing from a deep place in our hearts. Um, and it's oftentimes, especially for men, sometimes it's like hard to find. You'd be like, that's a little soft. Like, that's a little feminine. I don't want to, I want to be soft. So many people had that kind of thing in St. Louis. I was like, listen, whatever God, whatever is there with you in the Lord, that thing is all right. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I encourage y'all today, you know? I encourage you to worship in spirit and in truth. Praising the Father, praising God who dwells in unapproachable light. So that's all I got for y'all. Amen. Amen. Welcome Travis up. First person to text me the title of this movie theme gets, a, gets a, the recognition. <laughs> yeah, it was, right. I was like, I was going to do cash, but it's COVID. I can't hand out cash. It's not going to work. All right, ready? Hopefully this works. All right. I got texts. You guys are blowing up my phone. 
All right, let me see here. First, I, I'm gonna just go to the first one. Chris, thank you for your honesty. First text I got, Chris Nelson, don't know. <laughs> thank you, brother, that's outstanding. I'm very impressive, okay. Uh, message sent with loud effect. Thanks, Frank. Star Wars, nope, not correct. Julia Barnett, oh, very, very specific. Lord of the Rings, the two towers of Ringo South. Very good specific guess, but not correct. Lord of the Rings, not specific enough. Lord of the Rings, let me see. Oh, somebody, anybody? Man, close, okay, here we go. Man, you guys got a lot, okay, here it is. I don't know what the number is, I'll find out afterwards. It's the Fellowship of the Ring. The Fellowship of the Ring, it's a theme tied to the nine who gathered and helped Frodo get to, so I won't go off on that. So the reason I highlighted that, just I thought it'd be fun, Guys, fellowship is what I'm talking about today. And it's one of those words that's just like, that's an old word. <laughs> that is a churchy word. And this was the, the, that movie was the first thing I thought of when I thought of, well, where do we use that in like current culture, common culture? And what does it mean? And so I want us to just keep your phones out because Jerry's going to be using your phones a lot on this one. I want you to text yourself. A one to three word association. So word association, okay? I won't reread the passage because Eric already read it, but we were talking about Acts 2, 42 through 47, and it talked about the fellowship of the believers. I want you to write one to three words just to yourself. What does fellowship mean to you? It's not a definition. It's just one to three words. What's the association? Send it to yourself. And oh, by the way, this is not a test. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I think it's helpful for us to kind of let's start with what we think, and then let's have the scripture examine where we are. Because guys, when we come to the scripture, we may feel like we're reading it, but it's reading us. And it's just helpful to put this down first. So what do, what do you guys think? One to, three, one to three words. So everybody had texted that to yourself? Fellowship? One to three words. Okay. All right. ESV Study Bible is my friend, especially when I'm asked to preach. <laughs> and it's easy to get, there's so many resources. I just wanna read from the ESV Study Bible notes on this passage, Acts 2.42. Fellowship, in the original Greek, so for those of you that are charismatics that Eric was referring to, the word is koinonia, and it stands for participation and sharing. It includes the sharing of material goods, mentioned in verse 44, the breaking of bread, verses 42 and 46 which likely covers both the Lord's Supper and larger fellowship meals, the prayers in the house meetings, and likely also in the temple. I love how it just captured all of those things. I think the takeaway here, guys, is in short, fellowship included sharing all possible interactions of daily life and daily activities. I don't think we should take Acts 2.42 and frame it into the exact four things mentioned and that we have to do exactly those four things. I think the point of the scripture was we share life. We participate in that. We share together. It's a joy to do that. So what I wanted to make the point for the main point, I only have one point to make. Um, and I, I think it's just absolutely compelling. There's a running theme between what Eric shared with respect to the signs and wonders and what Josh shared about praising God and that theme is, we tend to come to these things and view them too low. We view them too small. 
we look at it and just think of it in too limited of a way. And I think fellowship is right in that path. We think of it too small. And so I want to kind of take our minds with the scripture and expand them massively. Fellowship, understanding fellowship through the cross. That's what I want to say. Understanding fellowship through the cross. And here's what I mean. It's the main thing I want to emphasize this morning. True and deep and full fellowship, participation, sharing, doing life together. True and full and deep fellowship at a horizontal level is inextricably tied to true and deep and fellowship vertically with our Father, with the Lord. And the best illustration I can think of, literally, I just think the Lord just gave it to me because this morning I didn't have one. And this morning he's like, what is the um, universally recognized symbol for the Christian faith? The cross, the cross. You have the vertical beam of the cross. You have the horizontal beam of the cross. If you don't have both, you don't have a cross. The vertical beam's bigger, isn't it? So it's just this wonderful image. Guys, all of us can get this. Guys, even the little ones here, the eight and nine, the young ones, we don't have children's church. Guys, listen to me. You can get this. The cross fellowship is for you too. And it's about being known by God because he made himself known to us. That's where our hope is. So we can come to a passage like this in Acts and thinking about how we do church. And we can start with a laundry list of I need to do X, Y, and Z. I need to do this. I need to be, Eric started, it was like, I'm looking for churches that have this, 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 and this. Yes, but why? What is the motivation for that? The why, guys, is the vertical. The why is that God came to us. Jesus, Philippians 2, talks about how he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. And he came to be among us and to live with us and to share life with us. I would even say fellowship with us. That's what he did. That's our root. That is the source. That is the motivation for how we live and how we think and how we act and how we speak and how we engage one another. So it's understanding fellowship through this image of the cross, through this, the fact that God fellowships with us. God himself, God himself fellowships with us. Boy, that just empowers and informs everything else. So all the limitations that we immediately come and start thinking about, ah, well, church, I've been burned. I've been burned at church. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give into that. I'm, I'm gonna be, you know what? In this culture, in the US and in the West, we're primarily about freedom and individual rights. We don't think a lot about responsibility. It's just not prominent in our culture. But you know what? We need to have our culture informed and our own personal practice informed by what scripture says. And Jesus laid down his right. He laid down his freedom to come fellowship with us. So how much more than should we be motivated despite whatever the limitations are in our culture and COVID included? There are ways, I loved how Michael said it, man, we're just, we're finding ways. The Lord leads us. We find ways to engage. God's working. God's not put off by this. God doesn't care who is president. It's not that he doesn't care. It's not going to limit him. God is not limited by that. 
God is not limited by whatever's happening in our world. God is not limited by who wins or loses come November. God's not limited by us. He's not limited by our own limitations and our own hearts. So guys, the hope is all rooted in him. It's not us. So the fellowship that God is inviting us to and that we see in Acts here for us as a church, that is rooted in Jesus fellowshipping with us. So I just want you guys to carry that home. True, deep, full fellowship with one another is inextricably tied. The same way you can't have a cross if you go and do your individual. You don't have a cross. You're not talking about the gospel if it's all you and God. It's together. That's by God's design. That's his intent. And it doesn't always look like the way we think it looks like. It doesn't look like church in a building for us. If we had a building, that's great. But that doesn't make us the church, right? It doesn't look like coming and listening to a sermon on Sundays, or three in this case, <laughs> small ones. It's just recognizing the reality, right? So here's how I want to call you to respond. It's the last text. Text to yourself, all right? Whatever words you wrote, just reply to yourself in that, in that text. You did the one to three word thing. So here's the response. Towering privilege. And then put in parentheses, or just note to yourself, 1 John chapter 1. And I'm going to read that, and then I'm going to invite you guys to stand and pray. Because here's the verse, everything I've been talking about, this verse, there's many verses that talk about fellowship in Scripture. Don't have time for all those, but this is one that I just think will capture it. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed... Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ.